0: We talk an awful lot about how lucky we are to live in a democracy. I mean, we talk about endlessly. You know, we got to protect it, and then every day we hear a story about a policy being made or a politician making a decision that puts all of it into question because it undermines our democracy or fulfills their political mandate. So forget about the guy next door. Forget about Trump because he's now been been cleared of his collusion with Russia or obstructing justice. We've got policymakers right here in our own country making political decisions every day at every level of government. And the policy being made, you know, with very little thought on how it's going to actually address needs, be it to national security, be it to issues of terror, income inequality, the politicians of today make policy that will keep them in power. It's not really about what's good for our democracy or what is good for you. It's all about how gets them re-elected. We're we'll watching it happen right now in Ottawa. David Moskrop has been covering politics for years everywhere in Ottawa, whether it's read in Maclean's, The Washington Post. you likely read him in The Globe and Mail. Well, now he's put his pen to paper in a book called Too Dumb for Democracy because he just couldn't help but write it. So he joins us now, and David, this book lately could have come right down I don't think at a better time because everything right now seems very dumb in politics. It's good to have you here.
1: <laughs> nice to be here.
0: When you penned this book, um, did you ever think that Canadian politics, I mean, the, the, the timing of this book seems almost perfect given what we're dealing with in Ottawa?
1: Well, when I wrote it, I you know, it was 2016, 2017, things were looking pretty rough around the world, and I thought, well, you know, maybe things will get better by the time this comes out, and a half from now, two years from now. I don't. I'm not convinced, but it could happen. Uh, and then, of course, they got worse. So here we are.
0: Well, it's funny because you, you you timed it the day after the president of the United States, where everyone was watching, you know, at, at, is our democracy under attack? He got cleared almost, uh, you know, the big charges he was facing in the Mueller report. He has been cleared from. And yet now the prime minister of Canada finds himself still very much dealing with issues, I think, that strike at the very core of our democracy, which is the rule of law. And that is why the story is maybe not getting as much attention as everyone should be giving it. But to me, the allegations that our prime minister is facing are very much about our democracy.
1: Oh, yes. I mean, in, in the case of Trump, I, I you know, personally was never convinced that he had sort of personally colluded with Russian agents to steal the election. I mean, a lot of what happened in the United States in terms of foreign interference was opportunistic meddling mm-hmm. on the ha- um, uh, of, you know, by foreign powers who were just trying to sow confusion and create a mess and saw a chance to do so, uh, which is what they did. In, in the case of Canada, you know, I think it's a question of a, a sort of creeping concentration of power in central offices, for instance, in the prime minister's office. And this ends means uh justification, or well you know we think we're right, we think we're the ones to win, and we'll do so at no well, not quite any cost but, but will push ethical boundaries to do so because it's for the good of the country, which I just utterly reject as a logic.
0: Yeah, and it's not just the federal level. I think it's important that people understand, mm-hmm. be it the local, not not necessarily the local, but a little bit, but it's certainly at the provincial levels across this country and at the federal level that that politicians today in 2019, uh, and, and disagreement with me where you will, are making decisions now that are not necessarily good for all Canadians. They're making decisions that will get them reelected, and that's not good for any democracy.
1: Oh yeah, I mean, so you know, it, it, it's certainly better than it was in 1867.
0: <laughs> there was, Is you it? know, there was no
1: golden age where. Oh yeah, I mean, you know, there was no scandal in Canadian history as bad as John A McDonald yeah. and, and the rail scandal. I mean, also Johnny McDonald was routinely drunk in the House of Commons <laughs> and got away with it. So you know, the but at least he got stuff done.
0: Were. He got a railroad well, got bill, stuff, yeah.
1: you know. But, but by largely by being corrupt and excluding people. But you know, there, but but that's all by, by way of saying there was no golden age. But you're right that um, you know there is a sense in which now the politics is becoming not just elite driven but sort of technocratic that we'll we'll just let the experts do their thing and don't worry about it, and that's a huge problem. Uh, the solution to that is bringing citizens into the public policymaking process and making that a routine part of our democracy because not only does that build trust and civic capacity it helps folks ensure that they get what they want because they have a direct role in in getting it done.
0: In other words getting people out to vote and being involved in the process. The problem and the challenge David as you well know is that social media and and third party groups um, you know that go under the guise of of being you know whether it's environmental activism whether it's uh, energy activism whether it's any kind of activism It's not necessarily uh, sincere because a lot of the activism we see in politics today—you can—I can can rifle off a few names. Lead now in that they're undermining our democracy because they're posing under the guise of getting you know interest raised on issues, but they're very much campaigning uh, for a certain party, and the general public may not even know.
1: Well, so there's a general problem with political engagement across the country that is rooted in. Uh, the, the way that we do it, which is, you know, strategic rather than deliberative. And so my, my book is largely a call for deliberative politics. And that's where you get together and you're open and you're transparent and you're honest and you give each other reasons for and against things. Uh, and those reasons are true and accurate. And we're not trying to just sort of fool each other or just count heads in the vote. The problem is the way our politics is structured, municipally, provincially, mm-hmm. federally, globally, um, and this applies to almost everyone, It's strategically um, driven, Mm -hmm. and it's driven by an attempt to win, not necessarily to be right. Uh, You might think you're right, but you're not trying to convince anyone. You're trying to mobilize. And so that's the broader problem is that we've locked our politics into this sort of strategic ends means rationality. And once you've done that everyone's incentive is to play by those rules and that becomes a problem.
0: Well, it is a very big problem because a it's not sincere and b there's going to be a lot of losers on the other side of it. Um you know, even though everyone thought it was done uh, on the up and up and and the, the good guy won. So it it's very insincere. So how do you get how do you get around it? Like how do you get back to protecting our democracy and making policy that's good for most Canadians, um, and still govern. Like it, it, to me, in this day and age, it almost seems impossible.
1: Well, you know, my argument is that enlightened self-interest can actually work here. If you've got civil society actors and politicians, and even in some cases uh, business industry actors, and you say to them, look, trust is in decline around the world. Yeah. Democracy is in recession around the world. History of democracy is the history of us losing it. It goes pear-shaped pretty fast. And ours is going pear-shaped faster than usual. (laughs) So we've got a problem. You know, it's not like an achievement. Democracy is not an achievement you unlock and then permanently have. You've got to, every generation, you've got to recreate your your attachment to your democracy. You've got to double down on it. Well, if that's true, and it is, then we ought to bring citizens into the political decision-making process through things like, oh, yeah, sure, voting. But also citizens' assemblies, mm-hmm. participatory budgeting, you know, devolve some of that stuff back to people because it produces great results. And there's plenty of data to show that these things work really well and they help you know, reinforce democracy. So, you know, it's tough because no one wants to be a no politician wants to give up power right? <laughs> you know, for all kinds of reasons. They don't want to do it. But it's in their interest to give up a little bit now so that they don't lose a lot of it in the long run.
0: I think so, too. And I love the thought of people getting involved and being engaged. My concern is that um, everything will be done with some kind of hidden agenda. You know, we are in an election season now. I mean, there's without question, the prime minister is campaigning every single day um, under the guise that that government is still working for the people. But they're all out there campaigning. They're all trying to win the next election. And when you say the words trust that we have to get back to that, um, we've got, a Prime Minister under question every single day who talks about transparency, who campaigns that he's different than everybody, and yet we saw it again today where he will not allow the Ethics Committee, now the Justice Committee, mm-hmm. he will not allow, you know, an actual truth or anybody to get to the bottom of an investigation that clearly is, is there's a lot of smoke here. And so I don't think we're going to get yep. the trust going in in this campaign season
1: well this goes back to the point i was making earlier i mean i agree that it's very very difficult to get politicians to think that way because they want to win and the system incentivizes them to behave strategically that applies pretty much to everyone um the point you raise about the ethics committee and the justice committee is pretty critical and, and i think that's a slightly different problem but still a big one and that's that parliament doesn't have the the tool that needs to hold the government to account mm-hmm. Um, sure. That includes, you know, both government side members of parliament, but then of course opposition side yeah. members of parliament. That if you've got a majority in the House of Commons and you can stack committees, they're never going to investigate you, and you know you don't even have to direct them if you're the Prime Minister's office. They know that the future, their future, their political future, their careers, their prospects at at uh, advancement um, depend on them playing ball, so they play ball. So there's a bigger problem there about the way that we form majority governments and don't empower parliamentarians. And, of course, as I mentioned earlier, the growth of power in central offices like the PMO to control these folks. Um, so that calls for some parliamentary reform.
0: Well, it does. And and the last guy that, uh, you know, Stephen Harper, who was accused of having this hidden agenda, he did put in a tool. It was the very first thing he did, which was to protect, um, you know, uh, from the very thing that we're watching unfold now, which is this whole scandal with lav scams. So there was Parliamentary, There was legislation put in by somebody the last time around. What are you going to be watching for? And how, as a journalist, will you be covering this coming election, assuming that lav scam does not completely implode and the Prime Minister is taken out by it? But how will writers like yourselves be handling this election, given a lot of people in this country are going to be looking for your opinions, my opinions, but certainly oh, the uh, Ottawa opinions, yeah. to, to make a decision in the next election?
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I have a standard that I apply to, to every party. And, you know, I, I would have criticized Harper, Stephen Harper, for, the, you know, eventually the similar concentration mm-hmm. of power into, yep. the, into the prime minister's office. In fact, to be honest with you, you know, the only politician of the last 30 or 40 years I would have trusted to really change things was Preston Manning, incidentally. Yeah, well, there you um, go. He actually cared. and uh, Or it, Brad you know, he and He's not
0: running, that. unfortunately. So
1: Right. And so like, the people, you know, those who, who are deeply committed to that, I mean, and, and Preston Manning practiced what he preached yeah. as well. So, um, but I mean, I'm going to be applying the same standard to every party, which is, um, you know, are you acting in, in, the, in the public interest? Are you trying to bring people into the process? Are you misleading people? Are you conveniently, conveniently leaving out bits of <laughs> or pieces of information that we ought to have? Um, it's, are you being inconsistent, et cetera, et cetera. I watch very carefully for those things and call them out across the board because, you know, frankly, we deserve better than that. Um, you know, it's it's fine to expect that politicians are going to behave poorly, but, you know, it's, it's my job and your job and, the job of folks paying attention to call that out
0: absolutely and just before I let you go I have a very political audience I've got an audience that's very engaged what would your advice be to them of what they should be looking for and and how should they be sourcing out the information they're hearing because it's not just gonna be Justin Trudeau who's trying to spin they're all gonna do it that's what politicians do
1: yeah I mean I I would say um, challenge yourself to have a a series of, of, of sources that you trust, but that, that, are, that disagree with one another. You, you want to create a little bit of tension there rather than nodding your head all the time. That applies to the left, to the right, the center applies to everyone. Um, and the final thing, and this is a simple thing, um, read the stories. And mm-hmm. if you can go to primary data sources, go to the data sources. You know, the less filtered um, when you can help it Ah, uh, the better because it'll help make the context that you get from journalists and politicians make a lot more sense if you have a good sense of the basic data yourself.
0: And if you could give us a trade secret, now that you're an author, you know, as <laughs> as you now as you now shop too dumb for democracy for everyone else, knowing the political climate that we are in today, given everything you have to look at, is there an area that you would love to have expanded on, or feel the need now to expand on, maybe in another one? Oh, <laughs> not that I want oh, to put you my. in the position of having to write no, another a, book, but I, you know,
1: the the most interesting part of the book t- for me was well, that was the history of democracy, um, but the the media effects section. Mm-hmm. I mean, the media is absolutely essential in a, in a democracy, and a lot of folks do a lot of good work. But um, there's a lot of power there to set the agenda. The media effectively gets to decide what we think about when it comes to politics, because we have day jobs, right? People are trying to live their life. They're not, they're not going to Parliament themselves. Um, and, and I'd love to think a little bit and talk a little bit more about how sacred of a role that is and how it can be done really well.
0: And the challenges it faces today, for sure. I, um, I appreciate it very much for you joining us, and uh, we'll have you on for sure again. Thank you.
1: Oh, my pleasure.
0: That is David Mosgropp. The book is Too Dumb for Democracy, and that is available at bookstores now. I guess he's going to have to start writing, like yesterday, to get this thing ready for a second book. Here on Point, I'm Alex Pearson. This is Global News Radio.